0: It says, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. That's good news. That's good news. Let's read that one again. That's really good news. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. So that means if the word, if you find something in the word, it doesn't change. <laughs> Good morning. This is uh, Sunday morning, River Valley Christian Church. It's good to see everybody today. How are we doing? Are you still dreaming of the sun from yesterday? Is that what what we're talking about? All right, let's try this again. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. (laughs) That's better. Thank you. Thank you. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands firm. (laughs) Yeah, now you're getting it. There we go. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. God's got it covered. God has it covered. Does't matter how long you've had to wait. the word doesn't change. The promise is sure. The word is true. He's fixed it in the heavens. It doesn't, It doesn't waver like opinions. It doesn't move like feelings. It is the same. If it said it yesterday, if it said it a thousand years ago, if it said it 6,000 years ago, it's the same today. Thank you, Father, for your word. And that your word is the very rock that everything is built on. And you are trustworthy. You are faithful. And your word is true. Father, we thank you that as we base our life upon the Word, that means our life is fixed. Our life is steady. Our life and our hope and our dreams are sure. Father, we thank you that your Word is truly a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And that the way that we walk is not unsure for tomorrow. It's as sure for tomorrow as it was as it's firmly fixed from a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus name. Amen. Father, I thank you that the grave could not hold Jesus. The grave could not have its victory because of Jesus' sinless sinless life thank you Jesus that you were obedient even unto death even death on a cross thank you Jesus for giving your life for us for giving your life, your earthly life for our eternal life thank you Lord God thank you for all that you did and all that you continue to do In Jesus' name. You may be seated. This morning we're going to receive communion. And this month we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. We're celebrating the the morning that He rose from the dead. But for Him to get to Sunday morning, he had to go through Friday. He had to go through the suffering. And even to get till, well, I'm sorry, for, for those of you that know my teaching, his, his, the Wednesday. Let's just put it that way. He had to go through Tuesday night. <laughs> Forget it. Different story. <laughs> but he had to go through the night before where he made the decision where he may had to make the decision in the garden to go to the cross. Let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. But to even get to the garden, he had to go through the final, the last supper, where he prophesied, he says, this is my body, broken for you. He made that decision well before the garden. This is my body, broken for you. As often as you eat it, remember me. Remember what I did. And at the end of the meal, he took the cup and he says, this is my blood shed for you. Shed for the remission of sins. He said, as often as you do this, remember. Remember me. Not just remember him. We remember him. I mean, we, we, we know, we think of Jesus all the time. But remember what he did. The choices that he made. The way he lived his life. The cost that he had to pay, it his, his, the cost was his body broken for us. The cost was his blood shed for us. And this morning as we do that, Paul said that we're partaking of his body. We're partaking of his blood. It's a, it's a symbol an outward symbol of an inward heart, a desire to to have that kind of life a part of us, in us, and being a part of the body of Christ, the, the universal body of Christ. That is His representation here on earth. Father, this morning as we receive communion, as we partake of communion as the body, I thank you, Lord. Lord, we do remember. We do proclaim Christ's death. And we proclaim His resurrection. Thank you, Father, for the body. Thank you, Father, for the blood. And as we partake of this, Father, we do it in remembrance of you. So as the elements come around Go ahead and take them and hold hold them, and we'll all receive at the end together when the ushers are finished. Let's all stand together, please. Jesus, we do this morning remember you. We remember your sacrifice. We remember your choices, your life. We remember your body broken for us. And Lord, we remember your blood shed for us for the remission of our sins. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for the life that you've given us. Eternal life, yes. But Lord, we thank you for the life here on earth. An overcoming, powerful, meaningful life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, John and Julie, we've been friends for... Many, many, many years. Uh, it, it, long, about the time I came here in 2000, I think it might have been 2002, 2001 or 2002 is when we first met. Um, they are pastoring in Indianola, Iowa. Does anybody know where Indianola, Iowa is? Couple, a couple of people. About that many know where Lake Elmo, Minnesota is in their church. So yeah, we, Indianola is just south of Des Moines. Uh, Iowa and and what good thing could possibly come out of Iowa? Uh, the Moes are four of them right here. So, yeah. no, I'm sorry. It's an Iowa joke. I couldn't I couldn't resist. But uh, they have been an amazing blessing in our life, in my life, in Debbie's life. Um, we've we've ministered together. We've prayed together. Uh, you know, we've been a part of the the Acts thirteen uh, group that's ministered uh, around this area and bringing Europeans to America, uh, going to Europe. We've traveled a, a number of times to Europe. Uh, they're actually going to be going with us to Poland uh, in the trip next month uh, in uh, in Rosloff, Poland, when we go to help Pastor Pavel there. And uh, but. I can guarantee you, both this morning and this evening, when you come, you're going to hear the word of the Lord. I guarantee it. I've known, like I say, I've known John for a very long time. And there's, there's two things that, that, that stand out the most to me. is Number one, his, his knowing of Jesus Christ. He knows Jesus. And number two is his humility. His, his humility as a human being. The power of God flows through this man. Received from him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's welcome Reverend John Moe.
1: All right. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here again and see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of new faces.
2: Oh, sorry,
1: yeah. Yes. Can we release the
0: children, please? Oh, yeah. The ch- the kids. Thank you, Brianne.
1: My my fault. I'm so sorry. All right. We've got a lot of great kids here, huh? All right. Why don't we stand before we get going? Why don't we stand? Are you guys ready for the Word of God? Before we go to the Word of God, find three people, give them a high five, and say, I'm doing marvelous. How about you? the Lord. All right. Before you see if, if you have a Bible or if you've got an iPad or whatever you use, let's hold it up and say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. Say, I love my Bible. I love my Bible. Say, I love God. I love God. I'm, doing well, I'm doing well. And I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Today, Today, as I open my Bible, I, my Bible. I, believe I, believe I believe that, I will, that I, will I will hear from the Word of God. I'm ready to hear. Ready. Ready, to ready to receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You could be seated. It's so good to be here uh, once again today. And how many know God's here as well? And God's got great things for you today. And how many know God loves you? Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you. you know, a lot there are people that don't believe that God loves them. You know they believe a lie. If you believe nobody loves me, you're believing a lie. God loves you. He sent Jesus Christ to die for you. He sacrificed his blood for you, and he loves you. And nothing can separate you from the love of God except you. Loves you very, very much. So for whoever that is here in the room this morning... And you've been saying things like, Nobody loves me, that's a lie. That's right. God loves you today. And you can't do anything to make Him stop loving you. Amen. Well, it felt good to get that out, huh? But uh, we're so honored to be here today. Thank you. Pastor John. How many know Pastor John, Pastor Debbie? She's not here. She's not feeling well this morning. But how many know you got the best pastors in the world? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Give them a big round of applause. We appreciate them. Appreciate their friendship and so honored that you invited us to come. I want to introduce you know, they say behind every uh, good man, there's a great woman. And this is my wife, Julie. Stand up, honey. Praise God! Yeah, she's uh, she's from Minnesota, and so you know, thank God, you know, uh, for the state of Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we've got our two sons over here, Jared and Jordan, stand-up boys. <laughs> These are our two sons here. Jared's a Packer fan. Do we have any Packer fans in here? And then uh, Jordan is a Patriots fan. <laughs> they like football and they're passionate about it. So, uh, Anyway, we pastor at Destiny Bible Church and been there a number of years and it's so honored, we're so honored to be here today. Let's go to the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Luke's Gospel, chapter number four, please. We'll start there. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. How many of you believe God with us that we'll just say what's necessary this morning, right? And so if you're hungry, we'll feed you. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 4. And we want you to notice what is recorded here. It, it, It gives the story of Jesus here in the beginning of his Galilean ministry. In verse 14, it says this. I'm reading out of a New King James Bible. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out. Went through all the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Uh, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Then let's go to one other portion of scripture. First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2. and We'll use these two scriptures to launch into our message. First Corinthians chapter number 2. Of course, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penned these words, and I want you to notice this in verse number four. It says this, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in what? The power Come on, let's say it again. In what? The power of God. I don't know if you've ever really thought about that but our faith should be in the power of God but you know we live in a world today where people put their faith in the wisdom of men I don't care how wise the man is God's wisdom is greater than man's wisdom and you could have all the wisdom that a man could bring you but the power of God is where our faith should should rest in you know uh, here recently at our church we took the month of March and we designated it healing month And uh, each Sunday of the month we taught on the subject of healing And uh, we did that because so many people have been sick in our church And dealing with all kinds of sicknesses ever since th- December And uh, you know the power of God is available to the body of Christ to heal everybody The power of God's available to he- heal everyone that's not in the body of Christ You know, Jesus gave his disciples and the apostles and has given you and I as believers. We are to take the name of Jesus to the world and take that name and use that name to invoke the healing power of God. I believe what the world is missing today is a demonstration of the power of God. We have a lot of wisdom in the pulpits here in America and there's nothing wrong with wisdom. But I think what America needs is a good old-fashioned dose of the power of God, the moving of His Spirit in a fresh new way. I believe that that's what America needs. Someone said, what makes America great? It's not its natural resources. we got a lot of natural resources. It's not its great military power. But I think what what made America great in the beginning was the power of God. The power of God to... Uh, save. The power of God to heal. The power of God to set people free. Amen. It was the power of God that helped establish this nation. Amen. It could not be done with just the wisdom of men. Uh, thank God for the wisdom of men, but the power of God played a part yes. in the establishing of, of America. And it's the power of God that can keep America. Amen. Yes. And so we need the power of God. So we want to talk a little bit about the power of God this morning. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You know, the anointing is the power of God. It's the power of God that removes burdens off of your life. It's the power of God. You know, a yoke, they used to yoke oxen together, and you know, you got this big lug that you're pulling around with you all day, and you could never get free from that. They were hooked together, and they plowed together, and they did everything together. You know, sometimes in life, we're kind of like, we can be like that. We can be like oxen. We can have things in our lives that are just yokes. And every place we go, we take it with us. We take, every place we go, we take our sickness with us. Every place we go, we take our debt with us. Every place we go, we take guilt and shame with us. I mean, you know, God didn't God designed you and I to be free. Yes. Amen. He wants everybody free. Free to worship Him. Free to serve Him. Amen. Are you, are you hanging in here with me this morning? It's already going different than I planned. <laughs> but, you know, thank God for the power of God. He can set us free. Amen? And so we need, the, we need the anointing, and we need a fresh demonstration of the power of God in our lives. And so I want to talk to you in the short time we have left. We want to talk about God has the power to set you free. Turn to your neighbor and say, he has the power to set you free. As we go back and look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. Did you know that Jesus wants poor people set free from their poverty? What's going to set a poor person free? It's the Gospel. A poor person needs to hear the good news that God can help them get out of their poverty. They need to hear that God will meet and supply their financial needs. Hello. He said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Did you know there's a purpose? The first thing I want you to get this morning: there's a purpose for the power of God. Jesus had received the uh, the Holy Spirit coming upon him. He didn't do any miracles, didn't do anything. There's no record of Jesus ever walking on water in his bathtub when he was a little boy. Jesus didn't heal anybody. Jesus didn't raise the chickens from the dead. He didn't do any of that (laughs) until after the power of God came upon his life. And then once the power of God came upon his life, it made a difference. The power of God is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's the difference maker in your life, in my life, in Jesus' life. And the Holy Spirit was given to uh, us for a purpose here. The purpose, Jesus lists out the purpose here. He has anointed me to preach. The anointing of God is for men and women to preach or to proclaim the good news. Amen. Notice this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You know, the anointing of God is to proclaim liberty. People who are captive need to know that there's, this is their liberty day.
2: Yes, sir yeah.
1: To proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, people are oppressed today, and they need liberty. They need to be set free. I never forget, um, uh, boy. You know, for, you know, you get all these notes, and you just may you know, just forget about notes. Might as well just go with it. You know, I remember years ago I was just going to Bible school, and I was in Bible school, and. We were in our first year, and we are down in Oklahoma, and my wife and I decided to drive from Oklahoma. We drove all the way to Ohio, the Cleveland, Ohio area. Anybody a Cleveland Browns fan in here? I think I heard crickets. I'm a Brownie fan. You guys pray for me, will you? And so we drove all the way to Ohio to visit some of my mom's relatives. My mom was living there in the area at the time, and I went to visit my aunt Ruby. And um, she had uh, she had completely lost her mind, and um, she was just she was in an institution there. She had lost her mind, and this is. Um, this is in the days when nobody's talking about Alzheimer's or any dementia and any of that kind of stuff like that. And she's there, and I said to my wife, I said, well, let's go visit my Aunt Ruby. And so we went in there, and uh, we walk in, and I asked the lady, I said, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm related to Ruby, Where she She goes, well, she's over here in the lunch. She just had lunch not too long ago. She's over here, and I went over to where she was at and her back was turned to me and I said hi Ru- hi, Aunt Ruby how are you and she turned around and when she turned around I saw, uh, 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 I saw from her eyes from the inside of her eyes looking toward me was a person yeah. and I looked at my wife and I said did you see that and she goes yes I said uh, she goes yes I saw that And the only reason that she's in that condition Is because she's being oppressed Now I'm first year Halfway through first year Bible student What do you think happened to me? I wanted to wet my pants (laughs) (laughs) And I was timid and bashful and afraid to minister to her. And it's sad to say we left, and we left her in that situation. And I never will forget, I, I prayed about it, and I thought about it, and then one day in my prayer time, God spoke to me and said, you know, I paid the price for her freedom. She deserved to be free, and you didn't do anything about it. Everyone say, the power of God.
2: power of God.
1: Is there power of God to set someone like her free from that? Yes. But, you know, if you and I, if we don't do our part, then what good is the power of God? Yep. You know, Jesus is the head of the church. Am I not right about that? Jesus is the head. Yep. And you and I referred to the body, right? The body has as much power as the head has.
2: Amen.
1: When I came into this room, my head came into this room. And my head brought my body with me, right? And all the power that I have in my body, right, is available. And Jesus' body, Christ's body is here in the earth today. Amen. Amen. And he's the head and we're the body. And so... It, you know, Jesus, the plan of God is just absolutely wonderful. You know, Jesus, if he was still alive today and, you know, someone needed a miracle, you know, you're here in, you're here in Minnesota, you got to fly to the Middle East, go to Jerusalem to receive your miracle because that's where Jesus is at. Jesus left this world and he gave the Holy Spirit to you and I, to believers, Amen and uh, so that you know instead of just having one Jesus in one location his body can be spread throughout the entire world and the body of Christ is supposed to take the power of God to a lost world yes amen amen that's a great plan isn't it amen. so we don't have to we don't have to go to the jordan river to be baptized right We don't have to, Jesus doesn't have to be here. He is here because our bodies, his body's here, amen? Amen. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're to take the message. We're to preach the gospel. We're to go and help captives get free, Amen? amen? But you know, it takes boldness to do that. And see, if we'll be bold, then there'll be a demonstration of the power of God. The church is lacking boldness today. How do I get boldness? One of the ways you get boldness is to pray and ask God to give you boldness. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's really mowing your lawn this morning. (laughs) It's early mowing season right now. Got to get you laughing. I notice this, the medicine goes down better when you laugh. But you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's, it's just almost embarrassing in the body of Christ today. You know, um, you say, well, we're going to go out and we're going to share Jesus with people. Oh, I could never do that. You know, I could never do that. Oh, yes, you can do that. You and I have been given the Holy Spirit. We can go out and be a We've been empowered to be witnesses. Amen. Amen? Amen. We can do these things. <laughs> And the more time you spend with Jesus, the bolder you'll be. I'm in Bible school. I've been spending a lot of time listening to the message and praying and stuff. And I like boldness that day. I was timid. But the Bible says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. One translation said he didn't give us a spirit of timidity, or a spirit that shrinks back. You know, in that situation, I shrunk back. And because I shrunk back, there was no demonstration of the power of God to deliver people. Do you know that there's a lot of people that could be set free if people wouldn't shrink back? You know, I'm a pastor. People call me, well, you know, Pastor you know, <clears throat> Pastor John, my uncle Charlie is near death And I wanted to know if you could come by the uh, hospital or come by the facility. And would you talk to them? You know, I don't need to talk to your Uncle Charlie. You need to talk to your Uncle Charlie. I said, you need to talk to Uncle Charlie. Let Pastor John sleep in. You go talk to Uncle Charlie. Well, I'm concerned about what he's going to think. You know, they only have just a few days left. Don't be concerned about what they're going to think. Be concerned about where they're they're going to be at for eternity. Everyone say the power of God. We're not getting very far here, but I guess we're doing okay here, right? But you and I have been given the Holy Spirit for a purpose, right? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 Jesus said this but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The anointing is there to help us to be a witness. A witness is someone who testifies to what they have heard or seen. You and I are supposed to testify to what we know, right, What's, what we've seen take place in our lives, what we've, what we've heard, right, and so we have the power to be a witness. You can be a witness for Jesus Christ, and if you'll be a witness, you can see the power of God demonstrated, because your testimony can lead somebody else to receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Everyone's got a testimony, Have you ever been through a test or a trial? And if you've ever come out of that, then you've got a testimony. Amen? Amen? And so we need to take the power of God to this world. And we have been given the Holy Spirit to help you and I. Let's go here. Let's go to Mark's Gospel. Go to Mark's Gospel, chapter... Now nah, let's not go there. Let's go to John's Gospel, chapter 4, please. John's Gospel, the fourth chapter, please. John's Gospel, the fourth chapter. The power of God's coming to America in a strong way. Yes. Amen. God's changing some things here, and I'm excited about it. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. John's Gospel, chapter 4, and I want you to notice this here, and this is Jesus' second miracle. It's the healing of the nobleman's son, verse 46. And so Jesus came into Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, and when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea and to Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless... Notice this, look at what Jesus said. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed. Everyone say believed. Believed. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And if you read the rest of it, his son was healed. Someone should say, praise God, right there. Well, you know, here, this is the second miracle that Jesus did here. And the thing I want to give you is you and I must believe in the word of God. The power of God isn't demonstrated in many situations because people failed to believe. There are... Uh, there are requirements on our part. Gotta do his part, but we have to do our part. Our part is to believe. I, my former pastor used to say this. He used to say that um, he goes, uh, dogs bark, cats meow, cows moo, and believers believe. You know, if, you, if it's a dog, the bark is in the dog. If you've got a cat, there's a meow in every cat. And if you've got a cow, they won't be quiet, they'll moo, right? Well, believing, if we're if we in the body of Christ, it should be natural for us to believe.
2: Yes.
1: It's not as difficult as you think. Notice what Jesus said. He goes, you people. I think he's writing to us today. You people won't, you people don't believe in anything unless you see something. You know, people want to see something first and then they will believe. You know, if you want to see something first, well, I just want to see something first. You know, that takes no faith at all. It takes no faith, you know. Well, I just have problems with that, Pastor. I just really struggle with that. Let me give you an example. When I was in business, I used to hire employees and had, had all kind of... At one time, 100, 100 employees working for me, and I used to hire people constantly. And I would interview people, and you know, if they did well during the interview, we would hire them. And then I would tell people, you're hired. And I would say, show up on Tuesday morning, bring this paperwork with you, we'll get your paperwork done and we'll get you started and stuff like that. Did you know that people would leave there and they would go tell people, you know what, I got hired today. And they believe and they acted on what they believe based upon my word. They didn't know who I, this is the first time some of them ever met me, but they believed the word that I spoke and their actions lined up with what they believed. Isn't that easy? Did you know that we should take the Word of God and just believe what the Word of God has to say? And they had a choice. They could have said, well, you know, I know that that guy down there hired me, but, you know, I doubt very seriously. You know, people don't talk that way, do they? You know what they get on? They get on the phone and call people up and say, I got hired today. I got a job today. I'm starting next week, you know. They're excited about it because they believe the Word that I spoke to them. Well, we need to believe the word of God. And if we'll believe the word of God, we'll see the power of God demonstrated in our own personal lives. It's important to believe. Amen? One time I got hired at a place, and the guy told me to show up, and when I showed up that day, he says, nope, I'm sorry, we can't hire you. We don't have enough money to bring you on board. And I thought, you turkey. (laughs) I turned down a job. To take this one, that was when I was in Bible school. You learn a lot of lessons in Bible school. <laughs> God was trying to teach me that He would supply all of our financial needs. I turned out a good-paying job. He didn't keep His word, but God always keeps His word. Jesus said, "You people, you, you don't unless you see something, you won't believe." You know, we need to get out of this wall. You know, uh, unless I. I you know unless I can see something I'm not going to believe it. No, you know what? God's not here, but I believe that he's real. Amen. I believe that he's the father. I believe that Jesus is the son, right? And I believe that he loves me. Why? Because his word tells me so. We used to sing that little song about how Jesus loves all the little children. I believe because the song said so. <laughs> Everyone say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. You know, we can be like Thomas. You know, Jesus was raised from the dead. It's Easter season. We talk about the resurrection, the power in the resurrection. You know, you've got to believe that God raised Christ from the dead in order to be saved. Anybody here believe that? You've got to believe that, Amen. He did that. I wasn't there that day, but I believe it because it's in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Believing is a choice. Uh, You know, Thomas said, "I, I don't believe. You know, Jesus appeared to the disciples, and for whatever reason, Thomas wasn't there. I don't know what Thomas was doing, but he wasn't there. And, you know, and the people were all excited. Now, Thomas is the, there's 11 disciples there. Thomas is not there. Judas went out and hung himself. Right? Thomas is not there. And everyone said, We've seen the Lord. And everyone's all excited. He's alive. He's alive. I think Jesus is alive. And Thomas goes, I don't believe it. Now you got all this joy. You got all this excitement. What did they all do? Say, Oh, let's pull one over on Thomas. Let's tell him we saw the Lord and just have a joke. <laughs> oh, That's great. We're going to prank him, you know. Didn't do that And you know what Everyone's all excited Did you know that Thomas is the only one Walking around sad Then finally After eight days Jesus shows up Probably walked through the wall And say Boy I'm here Put your hand In the print of the nails Look at my side here And you know It shouldn't do all that For you and I to believe why? Well, you know what, I believe God loves me. God, show me that you love me. You know, have it snow tonight. You know, people want a sign. But God wants you and I just to believe. If you do this, then I'll know that you want me to do this no, 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 no. We don't need all that to believe. Amen? How about just taking Jesus at his word? You know what? You know what it says here? Let's look at it. It says, uh, verse 51, and it says, and as he was going down, his servants met him, saying, Uh, your son lives. Then he inquired of them, the hour when he got better and they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him so the father knew it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him your son lives and he himself believed in his whole household now he believed before he believed first now his whole household believes because the power of God was demonstrated and so your unbelief can keep your household from believing your unbelief can keep the power of God from not being released well what does it take for me to believe I'm just not in a position that I can believe you you get yourself in the position by coming to church and hearing the word of God amen you get yourself in a faith comes by hearing yes the more you hear the more you believe you know when I was a little kid they told me about Santa Claus anyone ever heard about Santa Claus Uh, if you got kids in here God help us (laughs) (laughs) But when I was a kid, they told me about Santa Claus. You know, big guy, red suit, Rudolph, you know, the whole nine yards, dancer, prancer. He leaves the North Pole and then he travels around the world like at the speed of light and visits all these countries and gets back. And, you know, when I was a little kid, you know, we at one time, you know, we lived in an apartment and, you know, he comes down the chimney and I thought, you know, we don't have a chimney. And then, you know, at one time in our lives, we lived in a rough neighborhood, you know, not too far from Shoot 'em Up Alley. And I thought, this is a rough neighborhood. And if some white guy came through our front door down our <laughs> chimney in this neighborhood, you know, you're not leaving with anything. <laughs> I mean, Rudolph is. They've already killed him, and the sled is. The sleigh is down here at the pawn shop, and all this stuff. Now, someone says, "What does this have to do with the message?" Because I said at the beginning about believing a lie. The enemy is the one that lies to people. It's a lie. To, to say that you'll always have to be sick forever is a lie. That's right. That's right. To say you can't get free from a migraine headache is just an absolute lie. That's right. Yes. To say you can't, the, 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 you know, people invent stuff. See, they invent stuff. You know, well, uh, how come Santa Claus? There's no chimney. How, how's he going to come to our house? Well, you know, he comes to the front door. Someone just invented that, but it's still a lie. I was at a funeral the other day and um, the minister said, well, you know, we don't know why God took this loved one home. I think I know why it was the devil. He stole this person's life sooner because the Bible says with long life, he'll satisfy us. I like that because with long life, that gives you and I the option on how long we want to live. Yes. You know, if you're 82 in here, or approaching 82, and you want to live long, he says with long life he'll satisfy, uh, satisfy you. Live until you're satisfied. Amen. So then the, then the lie is this, is that, well, you know, when your time's up, it's up. That's a lie. That's
2: right. Amen.
1: I'll say it again. That's a lie. That does Amen. not line up with Scripture, because he That's said right. with long life he'll satisfy I'm not satisfied. I want to live longer. Yeah. Yeah. Then live longer. Well, you got scripture for that? Well, what about Hezekiah? Get your house in order, you're going to die. He starts praying, weeping before God, seeking God, before the men of God can even get outside the courts. Go back and tell him, I've given him 15 more years. I thought you set your times up when it's up. God gave him 15 more years. Lazarus is proof. Well, his time was up, he's dead, but Jesus raised him from the dead. Amen. Do you know that the power of God can be demonstrated and give you more years, add more years to your life? That's right. Do you know the power of God can raise people from the dead? But somebody's got to be believing. You know, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he says, Father, I thank you for you always hear me. I am the resurrection. One of Jesus. You ever want to get a good Bible study? Go look up every place where Jesus said, I am. Yes. That's a powerful Bible study. And then you look up those scriptures that talk about you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so, a bunch of lies have been told to all kind of people. God expects you and I to believe, but don't believe the lie. Are you still hanging in here with me this morning? These are the types of things that hinder the power of God from being demonstrated. And we need it demonstrated. Go with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. We're almost done. Mark's gospel, a couple more scriptures I think will be done. Mark's gospel, chapter number five. Notice this here in the fifth chapter. Verse 22, behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will what? Is it, is it good that a father wants his daughter to keep living?
2: Yes.
1: Yes. Nothing wrong with that, right? But notice this. Jairus didn't say, come pray for my daughter. He says, come lay your hands on her. Did you know that there's a transfer of the power of God when you lay hands on people?
2: Amen.
1: Yeah. Did you know that people that are near death who are who are who are close to death and they're going to die sooner than they're supposed to, you know, you need to go in there and they need the power of God. Yes. That little girl needed the power of God. Jesus was known for the power of God leaving him and going into people. That girl needed the power of God. Sometimes we think, well, you know, pray. Sometimes we just need to release our faith. And speak. Amen. Amen? And the power of God can come in on the scene. Then we see this woman. Now, notice this. Let's keep reading here. Now, a certain woman had a, 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 a um, flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, and she spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, did you notice that she hears? Faith comes by hearing, right? Amen. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, in the original language, I believe it reads this way, for she kept on saying, the power of your confession matters greatly. For she said, if I only but touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. King James says, plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power, I want not say power, power, had gone out of him. Did you know that she received from the power of God, caused the blood disease that she had suffered for 12 years to get up and leave her body? Someone should say hallelujah there. Well, Jesus, the Word of God says that God's no respecter of persons. If He did it for her, He'll do it for you. Yes. Well, someone says, "Well, you know, healing the, uh, you know, uh, you know, people say, well, you know what? I just, you know, healing passed away. You know what? Uh, That's a lie.
2: That's
1: right. Healing could not have been passed away. Well, what happened? Well, you know, about uh, about six hundred years ago, you know, healing passed away, and the obituary was in the local newspaper. Healing did not pass away. Someone invented that." Healing cannot have passed away because prayer hasn't passed away. That's right. Because Jesus said, uh, told us to, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it you. Jesus told us to pray, didn't he? Yes. Well, if prayer hasn't passed away, then healing hasn't passed away. How about this? Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, I'm believing for my healing. I'm believing that God will release the healing power of God into my body and I'll be healed. Well, then healing could not have passed away. So then that's a lie. Very interesting, isn't it? Everyone say the power of God. Power. Jesus noted the fact that the power of God left him. You know what releases the power of God? Faith. When she grabbed a whole... Think about this. She's out in a crowd. She's on her knees. You know, to get the whole, if you wanted to get a hold of the hem of my pants, you can't do that standing up. You got to get on your knees. She's crawling through the crowd trying to get a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. Did you know? I'm going to say this some people won't receive miracles from God and won't receive their healing because they're not humble. They just, they're not willing to do what it takes. Are you too proud to get on your knees? Go after your healing, go after your miracle? Are we still on? Yeah,
2: we're <laughs>
1: in. Everyone say the power of God. Power of God. <laughs> she was, did you know? There's, ah, sepulchral. You know, there's something about, we're, We're here. I'm from Iowa. You know what Iowa stands for? You know what my brother-in-law, her brother, you know what he said about Iowa? He says, you know what Iowa stands for? He told our boys this, and they go, what? I owe the world an apology. I gave you something to talk about at lunch today. But, you know, we're, we are, Iowa, Minnesota, we're Midwesterners. And we're conservative. We're conservative people. And, and there's just certain things that, you know, we just don't do. I tell you what, when you got a blood disease, that lady was spending all her money to try to get well. Nothing wrong. She's doing everything to get well. And then she's even to get out. And she's got a blood disease, and she's supposed to yell out, "I'm unclean, I'm unclean." And if she's in contact with people, she could be stoned to She's doing everything she can to get her miracle. She has some tenacity. I'm telling you what, if you if you need a miracle from God, you just gotta get after it. Amen. Come on now, someone help me out here. I said, you just gotta get after it. I got spit flying. It's anointed. <laughs> Well, how long does it take? Well, if it takes you, it may take you a while till you can believe God. It may take you listening to messages over and over again. It may take you getting off Facebook.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, so it says Facebook. And the you know, young people going, no one's on Facebook anymore. Snapchat. It may take you quit chatting people and tweeting, whatever a tweet is. When I was growing up, a tweet was something a Robin did. It it may take you laying aside, you know, the dope operas. And the idol worship. American idol. It may take you... Laying that stuff aside and going after your miracle, and if you can go after it in faith, man, the God, the power of God can be released, and your body can change. Power of God can save your kids, get your kids off drugs. Hey, we got to get after it. I'm telling you what, we're living in days where the church is getting after it. Amen. Boy, I can sense that this church is getting after it. You can sense it when you get in this place. This is a church that's getting after it. Everyone say, "I want the power of God." Want the power of God. <laughs> then go after it. He'll demonstrate. God wants to demonstrate that He's powerful. You know God's so powerful he said let there be light and what light travels at what over 200,000 miles a second 86,000 186,000 miles a second there's some power and it's been traveling ever since he said let there be he never said let there stop it's been traveling that fast ever since he spoke it yes there's galaxies being established all the time. Power of God. The po- There's power in the Word of God. Jesus cursed that fig tree. They didn't see anything different, but the Word of God worked in that fig tree all night long, and it was dead the next day. Yep. Did you know the power of God will work as you speak it, as you speak words that are filled with faith, the power of God will just go to work in your physical yes, body? yes, yes. I heard a story where one time a guy had a brain tumor and he, they told him he had cancer and that he wasn't going to live. He just started cursing that cancer, that tumor in his brain. He says, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you to die at the roots, die in my body, and leave my body. He started cursing it. And then somehow or another, he started out in faith and he got in unbelief. And then he decided to go have the surgery. And he went into the surgery. And the doctor said, Well, you know, you came through the surgery fine. He goes, We got the tumor. He goes, it was dead. He goes, it looked like someone had taken a match and, and burned the roots off. Well, he had been speaking death to that tumor and commanded it to leave his body. His words were working just like the words were working in the fig tree. That's
2: right.
1: Power of God can be released when we'll speak right. Yes, believe right. Amen. God wants to demonstrate some things to us. Well, that's as far as we can go. Why don't we stand to our feet, please? Praise God. Thank God. How I many? you know, we love you this morning.
2: Amen.
1: Uh, someone says, well, I don't know, pastor. Well, you know, you know, how do you know God knows what we need, right? Pastor John's here. He's a wonderful pastor, right? Yeah. Well, every week you have vanilla. Today you have chocolate. <laughs> Just need a little bit of variety. Yeah. Some may think, well, you know, that was a strong message. Well, you know, um, we're living in the last days. That's I believe this in this last days that God wants everybody healed. Yeah. Especially in the body of Christ. Because... We talk about a great end time harvest, but what good is a harvest if you don't have people to help you get the harvest in? We all need to be well so we can be a part of bringing the harvest in. Amen. Peter, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Someone says, I hate my mother-in-law. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And she got up and ministered or served them. God will heal you so you, not so you can sit around and watch TV all day. He'll heal you. Not so you can play golf at the country club in Florida for, you know, uh, nine, ten months out of the year. God will heal you so you can serve in his kingdom. He wants to heal you because he loves you. He wants to heal you because he paid, the, Jesus paid the price for your healing. It's been paid for. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Oh, we thank you that you love us today. We're so thankful. We're so thankful that you love each person here in the room. No matter their skin color, no matter their education level, no matter if they came from the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the tracks, Father. I just know this, that you love people, yes. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. I thank you that you gave us Jesus, and he died on the cross for our sins. If you're here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're, where's our lady with the, uh, with the guitar here? Can you come up and just play something real light? with your head bowed and your eyes closed. No one looking around. This is between people and God. There's no one else's business at this point. If you're here today and you're in the room and you can say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't know if I was to draw my last breath at three o'clock this afternoon. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity at. Well, you can know that for sure. And the power of God, the power of God, concede to it that you spend eternity in the kingdom of god if you're here in the room and you can say pastor i want to make jesus lord of my life i'm serious today about the power of god doing something about my eternal destination if you're here in the room today we want you to raise your hand to heaven and say god i'm lifting up my hand saying i want your help quickly anyone Anyone else, quickly, raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand right there. Anyone else? I see that hand right there. Anyone else? Anyone else? So proud of you. So honest. If you're here today, you can say one time, I gave my life to Jesus, but I haven't been living for him, but I want to get right with God. I want to come back home. I want to amend things. If that's you, raise your hand quickly. Anyone? Quickly. Time's, Time's running out. Quickly. Let's all help them pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today, I'm asking for you to forgive me of my sins. Today. Today. I make Jesus, I make Jesus Lord, and Savior of my life. Lord and Savior of my life. I give Him permission,
0: I give him permission
1: to be my Lord. To be my Lord. I, believe I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that You raised Him from the dead. You raised him from the dead. I, believe I believe I am now in the family of God. I am now Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Well, congratulations. Let's give these guys a big round of applause. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What do you do next? Well, what you do next is you start reading your Bible every day. Start in the book of John. Start with my name. Read all the John's. Just read all the Johns. And then after you read the Johns, start with the men like Matthew, Mark, Luke. And read through those. And spend time praying to God every day. Find a good church. This is a great church. Come to a place like this and just start learning and growing. And you'll grow and you'll have a wonderful life. God's got great plans for your life. Amen. And my brother right here, Right here, you. Right here, yeah. If you gave your life to Jesus, I want you to come up here, and this man right here will encourage you, and he'll pray for you. Okay? You can do that, right? Yeah, he can do that. He can do that. Amen. We're over our time limit. If, uh, but I don't know. I, You know, you never, you could always be wrong, but I don't believe it, that, uh, you're a human being and anyone can miss it i'm not perfect but if you're in here and you've ever had a you've been diagnosed with some type of cancer you've been diagnosed with some type of cancer you've got some growth or tumor in your body the power of god can set you free from that is there anyone here in the room a growth or a tumor anybody This right here, come on up here. Anyone else quickly come? Can you play? Can you sing something? Anyone else?
0: Praise the Lord. Well, I know what we're supposed to do tonight, supposed to come back and get more of the word. 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock tonight. You may be seated for just a moment. Ushers, you have offering envelopes. We're going to receive an offering very very quickly here for, for John and his ministry. Hallelujah. They're going to be coming up here. I believe we're supposed to come back and get more word, more truth. It's good. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What you heard this morning was truth. And it was word. There is truth. And truth, truth doesn't always feel warm and fuzzy. Sometimes truth gets you right between the eyes. And it's good to be to hear truth, hear the word of God. And so tonight, an opportunity to hear more word, hear more truth. Is it going to work? Yeah? (laughs) You don't look too too excited about
2: that.
0: No, it's not. I'm just wondering if it's possible. Yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for your word, for the word of God. So come back tonight, 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, make out checks to RBCC. We'll make sure it gets where it's supposed to go. 6 o'clock this evening. Hear more word. Hear the word of God. It's good to, it's good to be challenged. I checked the uh, TV schedule tonight. The only thing on is 60 minutes, at 6 o'clock. You don't need to know that. They actually replay that online. You can watch it as many times as you want. So six, you're only going to miss 60 minutes. There's a, foot, there's a football, there's a basketball game on Gonzaga in South Carolina. Who cares? You don't need to, who cares? Gonzaga's going to win. Go ahead, put your money down now. I don't know. I'm just making it up. I don't know. You're not missing anything. Then the other thing was, was World Championship Ladies Figure Skating. Trust me, you're not going to miss a thing tonight on television. It's going to be raining. It's going to the weather. You're not going to be able to sit out on the porch tonight. You should have done that last night. So tonight is a perfect night to come out and hear the word. Hear more word. Amen. Come on out tonight. You, you you're going to be glad you did. Usually we pray for people for healing after the service today. We're not going to. You need to hear more word first. You need to get more word in you. I don't know if he'll lay hands on the sick tonight. I don't know. We don't know yet. We're not sure. But I know you're going to hear more word. That's the most important part. And then, then he'll be led by the Holy Spirit to minister as the Holy Spirit leads. Amen? Let's receive the offering. Father, we do thank you so much. We thank you, Father, for your, your provision, your blessing. We thank you for the ministry of John and Julie. And we thank you, Father, for their obedience to your word. And I thank you, Father, as we give today, it's good soil. It's good soil. It's good, good place to plant seed. And each of these checks, each of these dollars, each of these denominations are good seed into good soil. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.